You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. If you're listening to 101.9 High FM, my name is Rabbi Levi Avzan, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Shul here on Soul to Soul, and we have <clears throat> the tremendous opportunity one week before Rosh Hashanah to be here. Thank you, High FM. Thank you, DJ. I hope you enjoy uh, yourself over the next hour. It's always good to talk to somebody. Um, gosh, a week to Rosh Hashanah, and boy, this world is. An interesting place to live in, huh? Hurricane Irma, Hurricane Harvey. There's a lot going on. Um, somehow I feel that ever since I've been alive, I've always been hearing that there's a lot going on. Um, but somehow people feel today that there's a lot going on in our time. And no, I'm not going to explain why. I don't know why. But what we, what we will try to do is focus on something much more micro and something much more personal. And that is... As we're about to enter the day of judgment, and we're about to be judged, my question today is, if we want to be judged favorably, can we do the same to others? Does the day of judgment mean that we judge one another or that we just respect one another? Can the day of judgment remind us about how uncomfortable it is to be judged unfavorably? And how kind it would be to judge others favorably. Your thoughts on judgment here on 101.9 Chai FM. Actually, I reached out today to some people in my community and I asked them, what themes do they think that we, it would be nice to address on the Rosh Hashanah speech? And quite a few people came back and they said, to respect other people's choices and not feel judged. It looks like it's something that means a lot to people, especially people who have been forced by circumstance um, to make certain choices which other people judge. They often feel that... If only people would just stand in their shoes for five seconds, they would have a different appreciation. So what are your thoughts on being judged? Something tells me if you're a human being and you're listening to this radio show, you've been judged before. <laughs> we've all been judged and we've all judged. What are your thoughts? 34519 is our SMS. 0621482374 is our WhatsApp number. Tweet at FM. And again, like every week. We start with music. I love music, and this is one of my favorite, and you know this from Friday Night Service. Anna Bekoach, the original Anna Bekoach by Miami Boys Choir, a tremendous choir, um, been going on for like 30, 40 years already. Yachmiel Begun in Miami Boys Choir here on 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, my name is Rabbi Levi Avzan, and we're here talking about being judged. I want to ask you a question, DJ. If you... <sighs> Do you have a moment in your life that you feel you wish nobody will, will ever find out about? Yes. We all do. Yeah. Now, imagine that you one day would be f- found that the video was taken on the, of that moment, and it's all over YouTube, and everyone's judging you. How would you feel? Terrible. <sighs> Yeah, terrible <laughs> and bad. I think to myself, I say, gosh, we all had our weakest moments. There's not one person, I believe, that's listening right now that wishes that the weakest moment that they had would become public. Absolutely. No one wants that their weakest point to be shown into everyone's eyes. 100%. So, so here's the thought. 
if we don't want our weakest moment public, why do we feel so comfortable to then celebrate other people's weakest moment? There's almost like this, we call it shaming, internet shaming. You find somebody on the internet, you find out that they did something, you find out that they said an inappropriate tweet or something, and we go into shaming. And we're like, dude, do you want us to shame you for what you've done? We're entering the time of judgment. And there's something very unique and something important to remember. Only God can judge, not human beings. Only God knows what's really going on, and he can sift within the nonsense and figure out what the true narrative is. But us as human beings, why do we feel so comfortable and so eager to judge one another? And you'll ask people, what's the single hardest challenge of being part of a community, any kind of community, a town, a, a group, it's the expectations that w- some of the people put on others, where suddenly if you're part of this group, this is the way you have to dress. This is the way you have to raise your kids. This is the way you have to talk. This is the way you have to feel. This is the way you have to make your events, right? I, I was talking to a family recently, and they were saying, gosh, I would love to do my bar mitzvah in my own way, but I feel like if I do my bar mitzvah in my own way, everyone's going to judge me because there's an expectation about how to, how to do the bar me. And I appreciate the honesty because it's so true. We often do things not because we want to, but because society sets an expectation on us. That judgment is the, is the biggest curse of any community. And that's why often people feel that the best thing is to leave community. But the problem is when you leave community, you lose out more because you need community. The human being is a communal being. In the words of Maimonides, Ha'adam hum medini. A human being is a social being a social entity it's a person that's that's a political entity a a social entity they need interaction but then they come into community and what happens the community expects something from them and then they cave in and become just like the community the other alternative is go live in an island don't talk to anybody and just become a hermit you heard about the the three hermits uh that, were, that locked themselves up in a cave, and they weren't allowed to talk to one another. And um, after 10 years, one hermit says, very cold, because it was cold in the cave. 10 years later, the second hermit gets an opportunity to talk, and he says, hard bed. And 10 years later, the third hermit can't control himself. He says, if, if you guys don't stop complaining, I'm going to have to leave. <laughs> yeah. That idea of being a hermit and locking yourself up in a cave is, is the alternative to community where you have to cave into other people's pressure. But the truth is that what does community mean? Community means the ability to be yourself amongst people to get the value and give value amongst other people, but on the other hand, not compromising who you are. Obviously, there's certain principles, principles, you, you know, you shouldn't be uh, killing people in public or, or in private for that matter. Um, you shouldn't be getting violent, etc. But those are some basic human behaviors that every community needs. But beyond that, allow people to be people. And each and every one of us knows how hard it is to be judged. I'll give you an example. You go into a wedding and then you were invited, but you know nobody there. Just just try to get the feeling. You walk into a space that you don't know anybody and now you have to socialize for four hours and nobody knows you and nobody actually thinks you're worth talking to. You're not a celebrity. 
You're not a known face. You're not like, ooh, did you see who goes in? Ooh, the CEO of a company. Oh, let's go hear the, their genius advice. Nobody knows you. And you want to say like, hey, I exist. I'm a human being. Not here, here, locate me. I'm, I exist. But nobody does. Nobody likes that feeling. Nobody likes where people think they know something about the person before they actually get to know them. Gosh, I mean, I don't know if you know DJ, but I actually look very uh, rabbi style, right? Yeah. For whatever reason, I, you know, I, I have a beard, I have a yarmulke on my head, I often walk around with a hat and jacket. Now, the, the, that's wonderful, but nine out of ten times, people will make assumptions about me just by seeing me. Now, yes, you can make certain assumptions. I'm religious, or I try to be at least. Um... I like dressing in black, <laughs> but, but that's not even a true assumption because I don't. I just do. Um, just makes getting dressed much simpler because all I know is I have to put on my penguin suit every day. And what other assumptions can you make? Um, well, you could say, you know, I don't like his beard or I do think beards look good or don't look good. But beyond that, there's nothing you know about me. And there's nothing I know about you, DJ. What do I know about you? All I know is you're a nice guy sitting over here and you laugh at my jokes. That's good enough for me and you're already my friend. But beyond that, what do I know? But I'll project. I'll sit there saying, oh, wow, you look a certain way, a certain height. What age are you? What do you do? What kind of job? Ta -ta 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 -ta. Oh, make a whole algorithm in my mind. Put all the numbers together and come up with an assumption of who you are. And it's like flipping a coin and, ex and knowing absolutely how it's going to flip. I have no clue. I have no idea who you are. And you have no idea who I am. We share a bit of time together, but ultimately we don't know. And that is one of the things to understand as we come to Rosh Hashanah to the new year. Only God can judge. And that's a gift. You know, some people are starting to shake. <gasps> God judges all of humanity on this day. That's terrible. No, it's amazing when God judges you because God knows you. He's the only being who can judge you for the who you are. He's the only entity that can look at you and say, I know when you had a choice and I know when you didn't. I know which weaknesses I gave you and your struggles. And I know what scenarios I put you in. And I know how to judge you. That's also, so, it's so comforting. And if you've ever gone, you know, you go to a therapist and the person is non-judgmental. The person just sits across you and listens to your story. It's the greatest feeling. Only God can truly be our ultimate therapist because he knows our whole background. He gave us our background. And it's for him to judge. Hamelech Hamishpat, God, you're the God of justice. And we'll be talking about it throughout the whole prayers on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Your justice, your justice. And that's a gift because we only want to be judged by a being who knows the whole story. And believe me, none of us know the whole story of one another. Not only do none of us know the story of one another, we barely even know our story. Gosh, time flew. That was quick. This is 101.9 Chai FM, and gosh, uh, it's time for an ad break, followed by a beautiful, beautiful song here on 101.9 Chai FM. It's going to be Rachem, just after the break, Rachem by Mordechai Ben David. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avzan, associate rabbi Linksfield Chill, and you were listening to Mordechai Ben David singing Yaakov Shweki's version of Rachim here on 101.9 High FM. Today we're talking about being judged and judging others. 
Our WhatsApp number is 0621482374 and our studio number is 0101403020. And our email is onair at chayfm.com and our SMS is 34519 and our tweet is chayfm. Gosh, wasn't life simpler when there was just a phone call? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, what happened before phones? I, the truth is, there was no radio. But I can imagine if we didn't have radio, people had a comment. They would come and smash your window and sit there saying, "Hey, disagree with you, Rabbi? Talking nonsense." Well, at least now we only get on WhatsApp and we decide if, if to read it out loud or not. So here we are, and we're talking about being judged. I want to share a story. It might sound like a a bit of a hard story to get your head around just on the details, but try to listen to the concept of the story. Stories told that about 300 years ago in the time of the Baal Shem Tov, um, a tremendous figure and, the, and the, the founder of the Hasidic movement. So they're sitting at Rosh Hashanah prayers, him and the students, they're, they're praying, they're davening with all their heart. And one student notices how another student in the middle of Rosh Hashanah prayers takes out some snuff and, uh, t- and smells it. And the student got judgmental of him. He's like, I know the student. The student is a pious guy. And on Rosh Hashanah, he should be so um, aware of his tiredness that he should go and snuff. It's unbefitting a person of his caliber. And he became very judgmental of him. Now, that's why I said the story is a bit hard to get your head around. Because today, if you saw somebody taking snuff, you'd be like, okay, could you share some? But somehow he decided to judge. And the Baal Shem Tov, who was a tremendous Kabbalist and a Hasidic master, sitting in the front of the room, and suddenly he gets this feeling or awareness that the student who just judged, the student who was just judged, rather, got a terrible decree in heaven for the year because somebody else judged him negatively, and therefore in heaven they also judged him negatively, and he was going to have a very difficult year. And the Baal Shem Tov felt very bad because, you know, what did the guy do? He did a simple snuff. But because one person was judgmental about him, that created an energy of judgment. And by the way, that's a, let me make a stop in this story. There's a tremendous lesson over there, and that is when we judge others, we unfortunately can bring judgment onto them. When we gossip, and what is by definition gossip? I'm saying something negative about you. So I'm bringing out that negativity into the open. I'm verbalizing it. I'm making it a reality. And we're told that that could bring punishment on the person. So besides the fact that when we gossip about one another, it's wrong, it's unethical, it's not nice, we can actually be damaging that person. We could be bringing energies onto that person. And more and more today in quantum physics and so many other areas, we're seeing how we create energies. So if I'm saying, oh, gosh, that, you know, that person is stingy and that person's a brat, I'm bringing out negativity into the world and I'm bringing it out about them. Besides the fact that I'm bringing out negativity in myself, I'm bringing it out about them. And that's what the student did, unfortunately. He brought out negativity about the other student. And their master, the Baal Shem Tov, felt very bad. And he was trying to, you know, he didn't want the student who was judged to suffer that year. And the story goes that a little later in the month on Oshana Rabba, which is about 20 days later, um, somehow this student who judged the other one started feeling very faint. He, he obviously stayed up the whole night and he was very tired and he started feeling very faint. And at that moment, he asked someone, can you please give me some snuff? And as he was taking the snuff, he was like, oh my God, just three weeks ago, I judged my friend for doing this and now I'm doing the same thing. And he, said, and he turns to God and he says, God, please, I, I, I don't, I, I'm sorry for judging my friend. And immediately, his teacher, the Baal Shem Tov, who was in the front of the room, who felt this whole thing, walks over to him and says, well done for taking back your judgment, but in the future, never judge your friend, because look what you have almost, you've almost, 
you've changed. Thank God you just saved him this moment because in heaven they also remove their judgment. But you could have literally destroyed your friend's life. Now, the, this is a very hectic story because obviously we'll never know until death when we go up to heaven. We'll never know how our thoughts, words, and actions affected others. But we can create evil for people just by thinking evil about them. And I'll say, lush and horror, gossip is not only what you say, it's what you think. Because thought is also a reality. Thought, when I think about something, I'm creating a reality in my mind. And that's why the, the author of the Tanya says, Don't even think negative about others. Don't even think. Don't, not only don't you speak negative about others, don't think negative about others. Now, obviously, if that person did something wrong, you could say that, that thing was wrong. But don't judge the person. Don't say, oh, gosh, that person is evil. That person's bad. That person's negative. You could say, gosh, there's an energy over there. I don't want to spend time with that energy. But don't judge the person and say, if I was that person, I would do any better. You don't know that. If you had that person's temper and temperament and character and background and nature and nurture and the whole story, do you really think you would act differently? What does ethics of our father say? Be humble in front of every human being. Why? First of all, because they have strengths that you don't have. But also because you don't know their story. And maybe for their story, they're doing an incredible job. It's very nice for some of us who grew up and you know what? Our mothers didn't smoke drugs when they were pregnant with us. And we grew up in a relatively healthy society. And yes, we all had our challenges. But we grew up in a society of ethics and values, etc. To go judge other people who grew up on a totally different planet. With different ethics and values. And, and malnutrition and unhealth and abuse, etc. For us to sit there judging the person. Obviously what they do is wrong. Wrong is wrong. I'm not here becoming a left-wing fanatic saying that there is no such a thing as evil. Evil is evil. And if that person did evil, they're accountable. But ultimately, I also have compassion for the fact that their temptation to do evil was much bigger than mine. And that their choice was much harder to make than what for me. For example, for me to not become a serial killer is not much of a choice. It's not as if I fantasize in the morning about how to behead people and then, you know, cannibalize them. So, for me, it's not a temptation. For somebody else in a totally different worldview who grew up amongst cannibals, it's a very different scenario. Now, obviously, cannibalism is evil. Of course it is. But I also can appreciate that for that person, it's a, diff- it's, a, it's a harder challenge. So I will still obviously lock the person up and make sure they never eat another human being again. But w- still looking and saying, gosh, if this person had grown up in a different environment, maybe they would be a bit different. Not maybe, they definitely would. So I judge the actions, not the people. Actions are wrong. Hitting somebody is wrong. But I understand that you have an anger problem and therefore you are, have a, a bigger struggle not to hit somebody than I do. And therefore, in a way, you can deserve the, you can achieve forgiveness. And you can forgive. And if we looked at one another in this way, and now I'm bringing drastic examples, but if we looked at, gosh, you know, your sister-in-law is is difficult and defensive. Do you know her life story? 
Do you know her insecurities? Do you know her character traits? Now, obviously, it doesn't mean you have to spend your whole day in their energy because you don't want it to deplete you. But don't judge them. That's them. That's their story. That's their Megillah. That's their narrative and their challenges. Recently, I was talking to a relative who's going through a very difficult time. And I found myself just being overwhelmed by tremendous amount of judgment. And I guess because I care about that individual so much, I just like want that person to get the life together. And I might have even said something that was judgmental. I did. And then I caught myself and I realized and I said, gosh, do I want to stand in that person's shoes for even five seconds? So, for example, you know a person who's who's not married and in their 30s, or you know someone who, heaven forbid, lost a child or a child is sick, and you know exactly how a person should behave then, right? But you've never been there, so you don't know that. You might say that in the book it says to behave a certain way, but you've never stood in their shoes. You've never had a child dying. You've never had a spouse dying. And even if you did, it did not necessarily played out the same way that it's playing out for that person. So maybe what they're doing is wrong, but who are you to judge the why? Why are you making worst-case assumptions about them? You know, yesterday was 9-11. 9-11, I, so I was in New York, and I saw the tower get hit by the second plane with my own eyes. But ever since then, the past 16 years, there's been a lot of conspiracies, right? Have you heard that some of the conspiracies? Oh, boy. Yeah, there's lots of YouTube videos, and everyone has conspiracies. And by the way, Neil Armstrong never, never walked on the moon, and Elvis is still alive. And a bunch of other... <laughs> um, so, so the conspiracies go and whatever. And yes, yeah, some conspiracies are more proven, less proven than Area 52 in America is full of UFOs. I mean, what else, what, what else is new? Now, I, I've, what I've come to realize is some people are prone to conspiracies more than others. In other words, they'll always never trust the official story. Somehow they, they have a distrust of authority. And if America says that the, Saudi terrorists took down the Twin Towers, then absolutely not. It's not. It must be America took down the Twin Towers. And if America says Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, he never walked on the moon. And if they say that this guy died, he never died. Whatever it is. Some people. But I'm not just going off on a tangent. Some of us have conspiracies about others, about our fellow. So we always imagine the worst case scenario. That person didn't greet me and say, hello, good afternoon, or Shabbat Shalom. It must be. They hate me. Now they're part of an opposition. They, their friends, and all their friends are out to get me. They're about to send a murderer to kill my kid, and God knows what, they're about to shut down my business. And often the only reason the person didn't say hello, because they're in a bad mood. Conspiracies is the fact that we always imagine that the narrative isn't simple. There's always a subtext and a subtext and a subtext. And there's, there's a whole layer of stories going on. And often it's not like that. I've had it personally myself where I'll walk into a room and I'm in a bad mood. Now, by the way, I'm human. Just introducing you. Hi, my name is Levy. I'm human. And I get into bad moods. Um, now, whatever reason, events or just woke up on the wrong side or I slept three hours or I didn't eat enough. You know, I am a man. I have to eat. I have to sleep. I, you know, and but you walk in in a bad mood, and it's very hard for you to go sit there greeting everybody with the most authentic smile. So you try, but sometimes you fail. But what happens? Someone walks over to you and says, "Are you upset with me?" I'm like, "No. Why do you think so? Because you didn't greet me." Now that person right away went into conspiracy. Now, understandably, because we're all insecure, but that conspiracy is that I don't like them. It has nothing to do with them. 
I'm so self-absorbed at that moment. Rightly or wrongly is irrelevant. I'm such a bad mood. I don't really have it within me to smile at you. I'm barely coping to get myself smiling at myself. And that's what I'm saying. We all have conspiracies about one another. We always make this worse assumption. Oh, it must be that my rabbi is trying to do this and this and this. And this must be. And they, they most and they dafka. They ruined my event. And they're doing it to destroy me. And nobody likes me. I told you, I mentioned on the radio a while back, I know a guy who has a list of 20 years of everything that everyone did wrong to him. And he has a whole narrative why. And he's convinced that this happened because of that, because of that. The problem is that 99% of the facts on the paper aren't facts. They're conspiracies. And I can't argue with you to prove your conspiracy is wrong because fundamentally all conspiracy is nonsense. But some people are just prone or they make themselves prone to believe every piece of nonsense about themselves, about others. And if we're coming close to Rosh Hashanah, the challenge is stop judging. Stop assuming the worst case scenario. Okay, if your husband didn't call for five minutes, it doesn't mean he was in a car crash. And and, and, and if your kid, you know, didn't, uh, I don't know, didn't show up by the time, doesn't mean that they're doing ultimate evil. Now, yes, we have to be cautious and safe and safe, but... We have these assumptions. Someone didn't invite you to the wedding. Doesn't mean they hate you. It means that maybe their mother-in-law told them they have to stop inviting and they actually didn't know who to invite and who didn't. And they overlooked you for some reason or they just had to say no to you because they had a maximum number and you're not the top tier. And it's fine. No, I'm going to get upset. They didn't invite me to the wedding. How dare they? I'm not going to invite them to my wedding. But you know what? You're wealthy, and you could afford 450 people at their wedding. They could only afford 85. And I'm sorry, you're not part of the 85. But you're definitely part of the 450. And had they had 450, they would invite you. They didn't. Can you stop feeling sorry for yourself here on 101.9 Chai FM? You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. I remember my dad a while back telling me every invitation I don't get for a wedding, I say thank you. Because my father lives in Brooklyn, my parents live in Brooklyn, and pretty much there's a wedding, four weddings in our town every single night. And every wedding he doesn't have to go to, he actually says thank you instead of getting offended that he's not invited. Now, in Joburg, I don't think there's four weddings a night, at least not that I know in my community. But that, that, that principle is still true, to just stop always convincing ourselves that the world's against us. And you know what? Even if they are too bad, get over it. Nobody likes you. I'm talking to myself. Let me let me be clear. I'm not judging anybody else here. But I, I, this is the narrative I tell myself. Nobody showed up to your birthday party. Woo! Fine. So you're not likable. Not the end of the world. God still likes you. Your kids like you. Your wife likes you. That's good enough. No, no, no. I want to be popular. Why when Jackie makes a party, do 400 people show up or 40 people show up? And I don't, because they're more popular than you. How does that make you feel terrible? Big deal. Not all of us were created to be popular. I remember at a certain stage in my life, I made a party and like one or two people showed up and somebody else made a party and everybody showed up. And I was so offended. You know what I realized later on? That person ended up not even being part of the of the community leaving and I ended up staying in that in that community it was years back and what did I learn that person just knew how to throw a party doesn't mean that they're more likable than me so one thing I learned from the lesson is Levy you're not the king of parties truth is I'm not I don't drink um I'm not exactly uh you know a good chit chatter on nonsense so I'm not a good party but but 
for a while, I was feeling sorry for myself. Woohoo! And you're like, no, we like you for what you're good at and keep on doing it. But what you're not good at, please don't try. You know, some of us try to be cool. Now, some of us were gifted with being cool. I don't know if it's a gift or a curse, but some people are cool and some people aren't. The worst thing is when you're not cool and you're trying to act cool. Why? Because just just accept who you are. God didn't create you to be cool. Not all of us. Because if all of us were cool, then cool wouldn't be cool because we would all be the same thing. Some people are cool, and that's the way they get through in life. Some people get through cleverness. Some people get through social skills. Some people get through, I don't know, genius, talent. But the problem is when we don't just accept ourselves and others. So what? Your kid's not tactful. It's fine. They'll figure it out. They'll find some other strength. Your kid's not a genius in school. That's fine. Stop judging others for who they are. God created each one of us different. We're not meant to fit you. I cannot be you. I remember like that feeling of, of being judged, uh, like the certain feeling of a moment in my life where I was, I was expected to be a certain way and I just knew it was impossible for me. I just can't do it. What do you mean you can't? You don't want enough. No, I can't. There's some things I can, and I have to stretch myself, but there's some things I can't. It's just not my nature. But everybody tells you what you should do. And I just, on this time before Rosh Hashanah, if we could just allow God to do the judgment and stop judging one another. In this week's parsha, we read, Atem Nitzavim Ayom Kulchem. Today, you stand all together united. And the author of Tanya says that the day that we stand united is on Rosh Hashanah. The new, the new year. And that's a week from now, a week from tomorrow night. On this day, we have to stand together. Just stand next to the person next to you and just... Maybe that person made bad choices in life. Maybe bad things happened. Maybe you made better choices. Maybe you didn't. Irrelevant. Just look at the person and say, who am I to judge you? Who am I to judge you? Give a small little example. Um, so a while back, um, I had a friend who was going through a certain crisis. And I was very judgmental of them because they started behaving in a certain way. But then what happened to me? I went through the exact same crisis and I found myself repeating patterns that that person did and suddenly I realized that only if I had been in that person's shoes would I have been able to really understand what they're going through DJ I never went through your life and you never went mine and all we can do is give each other encouragement and give each other empowerment and, and give message of positivity but please don't look down at the other person for doing things differently they're trying Yes, maybe you manage your anger better than they do. But you never had their anger problems. You're not an alcoholic, but you've never been tempted by alcohol. I'm not tempted by alcohol. I have my own temptations, but you could put me in a room of 5,000 bottles of alcohol for a week and you'll come back and it still will be 100% full. I hate and just despise alcohol. Not out of principle, I just don't like it. Now, for me to sit there looking at the person who drinks a whiskey four times a day by themselves, um, not even socially, but just because they're alcoholic, and sit there saying, gosh, you know what? You're an idiot. Get your life in order. 
I could sit there saying that what they're doing is wrong. Obviously, drinking a lot is wrong. But who am I to judge you for doing that? I don't know what you feel when you get alcohol. I don't know how hard it is. I could try to give you as much support as possible. But only through support and love is there a chance that you'll overcome it. But if I look at you and say, can you just grow up? Idiot! Stop drinking! Doesn't help. Doesn't help. You know, I often say people walk into shul, uh, synagogue, and they often say, Rabbi, we, we want you to be non-judgmental. So if I don't keep Shabbos, don't judge me. If I don't um, keep kosher, don't judge me. And they're 100% right. But the same expectation they have from the spiritual leaders, they should have from themselves to compare to others. Because just like you don't want your rabbi or, for that matter, any other person who's more religious than you to judge you. Don't judge other people who do things that you think should be done. The rabbi thinks everyone should keep Shabbos, but you still don't want him to judge you, even though he believes it's the truth. So you don't have to judge everybody or other people for raising their kids a different way or doing things differently. I know a certain individual who decided to make their child's bar mitzvah in a very unique way, but totally different than other people. And they told me how judged they felt by everybody else. Because everyone said, there's just the way of doing a bar mitzvah. And they were saying, there's my way of doing my son's bar mitzvah. Can we just allow that to one another? Just just, just stop. stop. Let's stop looking and saying, this is the way it should be. And, 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 and making people feel bad for not living up to some imaginary society expectation. Let God do the judging. He does a much better job. And let's just love one another. And if justice has to be done, let God do it. It's not our job to do justice unless we're in the courts. Our job is just to love. Our job is just to love. Here on 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbrengan with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. Here on 101.9 Chai FM. It's here to wrap. It's time to wrap up. We're just eight days before Rosh Hashanah. Woof. There we are. Hectic and amazing time. And you look around the world and you see the North Korea story on one hand, and that is the ultimate disunity, just this one country trying to cause havoc on everybody else. But on the other hand, you read stories of what's going on in hurricanes, in Hurricane Irma and Harvey, and the tremendous goodness of people. I have a cousin who lives in Corpus Christi, Texas. And you might have seen his picture going around the web and just he's walking around to people of all religions, personalities, backgrounds, and just offering comfort and giving them food and drink. And right now in Florida, there's thousands of rabbis offering people hot meals and just some way of coping. This is, by the way, do you know this, DJ? It's the biggest hurricane in many ways ever documented in history documented in many, many ways. The largest size, the most powerful, it's broken lots of lots of records, Hurricane Irma. And Harvey wasn't much better. It's the first time in his documented history that two hurricanes hit the continental U.S. in the same year, let alone the, the same month. So what's the point? The point is that we can look around and see, you know, gosh, this, the crazies of the world, but also look around and see the goodness and see how that when we treat each other with love, and we just stop judging one another, irrelevant to the person's political views, color of skin, gender, etc. Just 
sheer love. Don't judge. Our world has enough judgment. I mean, gosh, you go on any YouTube video and you'll see everybody judging everybody. Gosh, by the way, do you agree with me? All comments should be taken off the internet. I, I know it's undemocratic, but based on the fact that 95% of the comments I see on, on most platforms are just absolute bullying, shaming, and hogwash, I say we should just the – benef- the benefit is outdone by the downside because we need to spread love, not judgment. And that's what's amazing here on the radio. You know what? We get to vet all the comments. <laughs> if we don't like your comment, you sent through. We don't even say it. That's the best way to do things. Um, just spread love. Let God do the judgment and let people do the love. And the truth is, when God does judgment, he does it with love. If we judged another with lo- others with love, it would also be fine. But for the while, as Rosh Hashanah and the Day of Judgment comes, let's remember he does the judgment we do the love. Wishing you a great week. Shana Tova. Thank you, DJ. Thank you, Chai FM. Please, God, if we make it next week, it's just before Rosh Hashanah. Otherwise, a happy and sweet new year to all of you. May we all be inscribed in the book of life and signed in it for the best year of our lives so far. Amen.